And it wasn't until that point that I started to actually listen and look at all the voices, listen to the voices of those who have been harmed by the industry. Welcome to the Imperfect Party, where nobody's perfect, and that's worth celebrating. I'm your host, Deanna Seymour, and I'm so happy you're here. Let's just do this thing, shall we? Hey, so last month I recorded a private podcast masterclass. I don't know. You can just listen to it on the go. No slides, no sitting down. You're all good. Anyways, it's all about the online marketing world, my experiences in it, how it was a little bit cultish, and how I fell in with Tony Robbins and Jenna Kutcher and all the craziness that ensued. I also mentioned Tarzan in the masterclass, and she's on today. So I thought I should let you know you can still go grab the masterclass at online marketing made sleazy.com. All right, this is such a good episode, y'all. I'm so excited about who I have on the podcast today. It's my good friend. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. She's not my good friend. She's my teacher, Tarzan K. <laughs> And we're going to talk about how sometimes you can get those two a little confused and why that can be problematic and what we can do about it. Anyway, she spent the last year making some huge shifts in her business and how she and her team market their online courses. So I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation and I just want to get started. Hello, Tarzan. Hi, Deanna. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. I have many imperfections that we can discuss today. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about those a little bit, but you're doing cool stuff. So I want to talk about uh, that journey and what that looks like for you. So I'm so excited. Okay. I always accidentally jump right in and pretend like everybody already knows the people Mm -hmm. I'm talking to because I do. It's like a thing I do where I think every band I like is like gonna be sold out in two seconds and like you know I'm like first in line I'm like oh this isn't a thing like no one else can every everybody I love I just think everybody is on the same page so before I do that again why don't you just like introduce yourself in case not everyone knows exactly what's going on in my brain I'm brilliant okay I sometimes think I'm famous and need no introduction and then I remember like I'm a micro celebrity of the internet and about 5,000 people know who I am (laughs) So I'm Tarzan Kay and I started as a copywriter and I now teach email marketing and copywriting skills to online business owners, some of whom are service providers and many of whom sell digital training programs. Yes, which is me. There you go. (laughs) A little bit unsuccessful. I'm on the journey. I'm on the imperfect journey. It's my goal. Um, Okay, so... I just did a masterclass that was like throwing some shade at the industry sort of Mm -hmm. as a whole, the people, which is weird because I'm sort of in it. So it's like Mm. weird to be like, hey, this thing kind of sucks, but I'm also part of it. Am I doing things that suck or like what's happening? So I'm going to say that I did talk about you in the masterclass, but I talked about how you're someone who is doing things right or at least working towards having a conversation around it, doing things differently figuring shit out um so tell us kind of where you were like what you know yes I can roll with this I can roll with this and for the record like I also it feels so weird to be like this industry is very problematic come and join me (laughs) but my husband was like so you're gonna tell them those things are bad and then you're gonna like try to sell them 
something that you're doing? Like, you're going to be like, courses are bad. Join my thing. Like, I was like, well, it's not, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. So let's talk to Tarzan about what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I feel like before we discuss the industry, the problems of the industry, I want to say like this, it has enormous potential, like online training and the potential for people to start businesses that are profitable and have, you know, say make whatever they need to make at least to match their full-time salary and preferably do much better and have more freedom and flexibility. Like I believe in all that, that, and I have benefited from that. Like I support a family of four and we're very comfortable. This industry has served me in so many ways and I'm so grateful and I see the opportunity and I do think it's important to say like, yes, there are, um, there are startup costs and sometimes it's not always clear what those startup costs are going to be. And many times marketing and certain ways of advertising make it seem like start with $0 and build a six figure funnel by tomorrow. Like all that messaging is out there. Um, but something that I have been definitely a bit too quick to do is be like, well, this is all just garbage. Everybody's just talking nonsense. Well, the fact is, is compared to say like opening a Tim Hortons franchise. Hi, I'm also Canadian. I forgot to mention, um, you know, or even any like brick and mortar shop, or let's say I was like a, you know, I don't know, some sort of in some healing profession and I had to like set up a clinic and renovate. And I just, um, got my hair done yesterday. And the stylist I worked with was the owner of the salon and she had invested a ton of money into, um, like renovating the whole salon. So comparatively speaking, the startup cost is quite low. Uh, so I see the potential in that. Like I see how, um, there is like, it, it makes entrepreneurship accessible to, um, people to whom it was previously inaccessible. Like there are just, I could talk all day about these benefits and they, it is all out there. Um, however, one big problem in the industry is that, um, it's a lot of selling dreams, a lot of selling dreams and a lot of like almost every ad I see is like, can we just step back a second and have a reality check? Like, yes, you could make six figures and that might, be enough to sustain you after your business expenses, or it may not. Um, that probably will take longer than you think it will take. Like there's a lot of, um, the, the sort of big industry myths are that anyone can do it. That's not true. Not anyone can do it. You need a lot of skills. Like, and, and again, this is true of any industry, like an entrepreneur, when you're starting a business, you have to bootstrap. You have to do all the different things. You have to be the visionary and you also have to be the integrator. You have to do everything. And so, um, that's important to know. Like not everybody has that skill. Not everybody has that capacity. Um, so often this industry sort of leads you to believe that it's possible for anyone. And I don't really believe it's possible for anyone. Um, that, it's, I mean, well, that, that is something that's, missing from the conversation yes. for sure yeah because it's just yeah. like if you just open your wallet you too can do it and I'm like you don't know anything about their business or their ideas or how well they communicate or like anything else you're right yeah the other thing is like my job is also to motivate people and to like it is my job to believe for them in things they don't believe for themselves like somebody did that for me 
And I bought into many marketing campaigns and took lots of programs where like that visionary leader was holding that vision for us. And it was really important. So that like that is part of the job. And another part of the job is honesty and transparency about what it really takes. So that is something that I have really tried to thread into my business a lot more over the years, because initially, like I bought into all the marketing and I did all the things I was told to do. And I was incredibly privileged in that I had 40 hours a week to do this work. So that's another thing that's often sold to us is like, you can build your business on the side. And certainly some women do. Like, and some men do who are people of all genders have to navigate childcare. Um, however, it's a lot more difficult. So that was something that I really had in my favor. Not only did I have, um, childcare for my child via my partner who's a stay-at-home dad, I also had enough money to rent an office, which I paid $290 a month. And I went to this office from nine to five every day, even when I didn't know what I was going to do. And I had all these hours in the week to build my business. And I followed the plans. I followed the step-by-step systems and it worked for me. And I started making money quite quickly or quickly compared to making no money previously for my entire life and not having any clue how to do it. I was like, whoa, my, I was like three months in business and I was, I made $7,500 in a month. That was like more money than I had made in entire years. Like I couldn't believe it. Like, how could this be possible? I'm like pinching myself and like, like working through all this stuff that's coming up for me. Like, is this okay? So, and that growth like only grew exponentially. And before I knew it, I was hiring people and like building this whole corporation um, using the same systems that were taught to me. And it took, okay. For one thing, it took me getting to a point where I was like, okay, I've done this. I have, I'm successful. I have my million dollar business and it's growing. And something in me is also deeply unfulfilled. Like I don't, I got the money And I also lost something along the way. I don't feel present with my family. I don't really know what is my purpose. Like, I don't feel like I have a mission. And that, like these bigger, I I do think this is really important to know, like, um, or to understand that maybe it's just an observation. Having your financial needs covered does create space for these bigger questions. So I do think I got to a point where I had created a level of financial stability for my family and in my company that I could say like, okay, what am I really doing now? And it wasn't until that point that I started to actually listen and look at all the voices, listen to the voices of those who have been harmed by the industry, those who bought something, who bought program after program, who like the, the, the number of times I hear people say, like, I have all these programs, I didn't even open them. Like, and that I just ignored because I'm not, I don't do that. So I don't have that. I don't have a, I mean, I have a few unopened courses, but I don't have a course addiction. I, I didn't, I never fell into that cycle of like, this isn't working. I'll buy another course. Maybe that will work. Maybe that will work. I, 
I would buy a course, I would implement, okay, next one, buy, implement, you know, get the growth, go to the next thing. That was my path. And so I, I told myself a story that was, is rooted in like, um, basically not seeing the level of privilege that I hold, like not seeing it's easy for me to be successful. People don't question me as an expert because I'm a beautiful white woman who conforms to our cultural standards of beauty. Um, also just, you know, because of so many, so many layers of me being able to just show up and call myself an expert, go do this thing, be a teacher in the world to say, yes, okay. Tarzan is an expert in email. Like I literally in my first year of business, like I won this contest, this email marketing contest that was like a small thing, like, you know, a few hundred people on the internet even knew about it. And all of a sudden, like people were calling me an expert in email marketing. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, so now I, my rate is now $2,500 a day. And like, I, I didn't really look very deeply at all the underlying issues there. Like, I just thought I'm so smart. I'm so successful. I'm so financially savvy. I just did all the right things and people just need to do these things. So I started to tune in to the voices of people who are marginalized. Um, those, the voices of people who have, um, who have really like been taken advantage of, like, and I started to piece work backwards and piece together, like what's really going on here. And that led me to examine specifically how persuasion is used in sales funnels and specifically like how we apply pressure at apply pressure in so many directions that we take away the customer's ability to think critically and make a good decision for themselves. And there's so many layers to that. One of my primary teachers in that has been Kelly Deals. Um, and I also have worked for years with Kathleen O, who's my coach, mm -hmm. and has been instrumental in helping me get from a place of like, I feel unfulfilled. Um, there's something bigger here that I'm missing. Oh, here's what it is. And I, I it's like the weight of it is like crushing me. Like I want to hide under my desk and do nothing. Um, mm -hmm. To like slowly like pulling things back doing less promotion, applying less pressure, creating new programs, retiring others, um, editing my, like my main program is email stars. I had to do a, I had to overhaul a lot of it to, um, in order that I am not part of the problem, that I'm not perpetuating these methods of, um, basically making sales at any cost. Yes. Okay. So a couple things. I'm an email star. I have a badge. I did complete email stars. I really? did my work. <laughs> really? Um, actually, it was cool in email stars because I feel like you also had the whole system too for like us knowing what we need to do. So I also have a background of being a teacher, a public school teacher. So I think it's extra to me. Like I'm like I when I entered this world, I came at it as a teacher who didn't even think about money because I just get my direct deposit from the county every month. And so I was looking at it through like 100% teacher lenses. And I was like, what? How can we promise this? You know, that usually the formula or whatever for a sales page is like the big 
like you said, the feelings, like the big result. And I'm like, how can I say that? I'm just used to writing down like my objectives and what I'm like mm-hmm. actually going to teach them. Like, I'm never like, I'm going to make all these kindergartners feel like this, like this crazy the transformation. Most special <laughs> child on earth. I will love them all like I'm their mother. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like I do that. But what I am actually teaching is the color wheel or whatever yes. I happen to be yes. teaching that day. So I think that's also why I've struggled with it sort of since the beginning of like, wait, that, but what are you, but what are you teaching? Like they always say like, mm. oh, don't really list the modules right away. Like that's, we're like, got to use this fancy language up here to like get them hooked. And then what we're actually teaching is like not really important as like selling the transformation, I think is what people say. Mm. Um, and then I'm rambling too, but also Kathleen O, which is kind of she well she's my coach now too but I found out about her from email stars one thing in email stars too that I liked was how in each module you had like um the tools for you like self like there was self-care in it too it was different than most courses I've taken and I I haven't taken that many courses but for me the ones I've taken are pretty big in my family like we're a teacher I'm a teacher my husband's a cook so like the courses I have taken have been big investments for me, but I know other people probably spend way more, but I didn't. And I was starting to fall into the trap of buying courses. And I think in my masterclass, I talk about if you're buying a course to learn something great, if you're buying a course to like out of desperation or seeking, like if I buy this one, that's going to be the, Mm. the answer to everything when I started kind of feeling like I was scrounging around a little bit like that, I was like, okay, what's happening to me? And like you said, like losing your ability to sort of think critically because there's so much emotion and, and like desperation, I guess sometimes for people, I think. Um, Yeah. There's, I think it's important to, for those like on the consumer end to ask yourself before you buy a program, um, what is the outcome I'm looking for? Am I actually looking for a magic bullet? Like, am I trying to make the pain go away or am I looking to learn a specific skill? That's one question. And another question, and this is something I myself have to be aware of because I am a charismatic person, be a great cult leader, um, (laughs) is like, am I buying from this person because I like them and I just want more of them in my life? Like, am I trying to make this person my friend? Like something I just was taking a, listening to a class with Kelly deals and she was talking about the, how we abuse likability. Likability is one of the, one of Robert Cialdini's six principles of persuasion. And, um, it is often like, it's something we do without even knowing we're doing it because, all the marketers I buy from do this. Like they're creating a platform where they're highly likable and they're beautiful and their personal brands. And um, maybe they're charismatic like me. And I like, when I think back, even as I'm saying this, like I know people have bought things from me that they shouldn't have bought. Cause they were like, I'm just so excited to, to know you. I want to learn from you. I'll just buy this thing. In some cases, like it wasn't even my program. I was selling someone else's and they're like, I just want more Tarzan. Therefore I'll buy this thing. That's mm-hmm. danger zone. So, um, well, I've got to tell you that that's a little bit why I bought DCA was because, mm-hmm. like, what what I got from you was more 
like time. Then I sound like a psycho. Like now you're <laughs> like, okay, I gotta get off this podcast. <laughs> like you're no. my friend. No, I but totally, yeah. I totally get that. And it's I mean, something I that's just coming into my periphery right now. That like, okay, this is when that happens, and someone is buying from me or is like treating me the way you would treat a friend is like, that's actually time for me to say, this is what my boundaries are and say, we're not going to be friends and uh, we're not going to be friends. Tell me about your business situation. And I will tell you if this is a good match for you, you won't get time with me in this program. Like there's, there's, I have done this so many times over the last year where I just tell someone like, I don't think this is a good fit for you. Like this isn't, this isn't the right time in your business. You should do this other thing first. And the gratitude, it's like people want to buy from me just because I told them that like, it's so rare that they get that direct (laughs) advice that someone will listen to them and say, this isn't, this probably isn't a good next step for you. Um, so sometimes like a lot of, I feel a lot of what we are doing in my business now is um, just like, it's honesty. It's like treating people like people and not like leads, mm-hmm. which is usually how we think about launches. Like how many leads are you going to get? How many leads are going to convert? And that's fine. We need language to have that conversation. Um, however, we like it's easy to forget that these leads that you're buying for four dollars or whatever like they're not leads they're people and they're people who have budgets and there are people who have financial struggles they are people who may not have the same level of access to uh, credit that you do people who may not recover as quickly as you can from a bad spending decision um these are all things that I just didn't take the time to think about when my business was just growing and making, you know, making all these new sales. And I was just too excited to look at it, but now I'm looking at it. Yeah. Well, I think it's good that you're saying like my team and corporate, I feel like you've said corporation, Mm -hmm. you've said team, because that's part of it too. I think when the likability, even you just feel like, oh, it's just, it's just Tarzan over there doing this. And now that means I can do it. You know, it's mm. a much more transparent view of like, you run a company. Like it, it is just me and my son porch for mm. now. But even that sort of language, it's not like anybody denies having a team, but they certainly don't talk about it as much. You know, it's easy to forget. I think sometimes that these businesses that just look like people on Instagram or whatever. Um, Yeah. Well, I think at some levels, um, you know, for many, I like, I know many people who are really successful in this industry and they don't have a full time team. They sort of feel like they're doing it alone because they have contractors. They have like a copywriter and a graphic designer and maybe like a launch VA and, or like an OBM or like whatever. They have all these random people that maybe aren't even on retainer. They're just like, I need some support now, like take this money and take this problem off my hands. But actually like there, that does happen a lot in the industry. So I think that's what you're referring to is symptomatic of people actually not feeling like they have a team. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is something that this sort of relates back to this myth that it's, this is a soul. There's anything solopreneur about this business. Mm -hmm. Like um, it just doesn't, like if you do it all, 
you can. We all have stages. Like I certainly did launches where I did it all. And it's not, it's not, it's not sustainable. It's absolutely not sustainable, especially like as the business grows and you're getting like even a few dozen or let alone a hundred students, um, you need to have that support. And that's something, um, you know, I think some entrepreneurs also shy away from it because it's a whole other conversation. We don't want to overwhelm people, right? Like that's part of how marketing works is like when I'm talking about email stars, I'm like, let's just talk about this one piece. This is what I can teach about. But of course, there are all these other pieces. There's like growing a team. There's like the financial health of your company. There's like the software side of it. There's just so many things we can talk about all day long. But um, that is also like one of our company values is honesty and transparency. And um, we try and provide as much of that as possible to allow people to see the bigger picture so that they know um, what's really involved in running a company like mine. Yeah. Um, would you say that in order to really go big, I mean, you have to hire stuff out, right? Like it's, I mean, it's still, I mean, it still could be relatively cheaper than like, you know, opening your own Canadian chain that you said that I have no idea what you were talking about. Tim Hortons. (laughs) Um, but probably like you were just saying, it's not sustainable. Like maybe you could do it for a while, but yeah, eventually know. there is a point and it's hard to know when that point is because early on you're bootstrapping, you don't have a lot of money and you don't know where to put it and there's a million people that want it. Um, I do think just as a general rule, like once you start making some money, it's coming in consistently. It's really important to prioritize support over joining the next mastermind or mentorship thing because this, like because all these group programs have great marketing. It's so weird. Like I'll see people spend $10,000 on a mastermind program and then say that they can't afford to hire someone. Like that doesn't make sense. If you, if you can afford a coach, if you can come up with that money to pay your coach, like you can come up with that money to pay someone to help you. And, but it's always a dance. Like you don't always know how it's going to work out. And I just see so much more reluctance to hire support from service providers or employees than like to hire, to like join some, like I I had this, I had a call from this person. I had a a friend in the industry and um, she wanted to tell me because she was really excited that she had just spent, um, joined a Tony Robbins business thing for $80,000. Okay. And I know what this person makes. Like, I know what she pays herself. I know she does not have a lot of team support. Like, I just broke my heart. Like, why would you do that? Like, why would Tony Robbins is not going to pick up the phone? Mm -mm. He's never going to pick up the phone. And probably his coaches, like, don't even, I don't know, like, it happens a lot in programs like that, that the coaches don't even have real world entrepreneurship experience, like they're employees, they're employees that know how to talk the talk and teach the model. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just so much of that going on. And coming back to like, am I buying like, you know, she bought that because she loves Tony Robbins and like famously talks about her boyfriend, Tony, like (laughs) that. Um just made me sad. Like that's happening a lot. And Tony Robbins is a great example. Like if you want to 
like really understand the problems of the industry, like look at what Tony Robbins is doing. He's playing the guru role. He's like using people's trauma to manipulate them and get them to buy stuff and like keeping them up until midnight, putting more offers in front of them. Like that it's all there. It's all there. And we see it so often that we forget like how, like I, I remember this one time watching my sister scroll through a sales page from one of my business friends and was like, oh yeah, this looks good. And then she got to the bottom and it was $49 and there was a strike through price and it was like valued at $670. And she was like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) And that stuck with me because I was so indoctrinated. Like I was doing strike through prices and like I was doing all this stuff and to see the perspective of someone who doesn't have that indoctrination was very eye-opening. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm such a good listener that I had I had something to say and then I was like just <laughs> listening to the story. I'm like, oh Tony. Um man, what were we saying? Now this is a real talk. So This is a real talk. This is um, a real talk interview. This is a real talk. Well, um, we're talking about um uh Kelly Deals calls it divesting from likability. Like we're not building cults. And this is something I have worked through a lot with my coach Kathleen is like, what makes a cult? Um, what cults did I join without realizing it? And one of them it really is the online business game. And cult sounds extreme, but really it's like, it's a belief system. It's kind of like a religion. It's like, what are, it's basically a set of doctrines that you just like people who are in cults never think they're in cults. That's the thing. Like it's a joke. Oh yeah. Like my cult. Like, yes, I've made that joke. I've like joked about online business being a pyramid scheme. Like anytime someone jokes about their thing being a pyramid scheme about being in a cult, like they're probably in a cult and they're probably want to get you into their pyramid scheme. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that's what, well, I, that's one of my first big courses I bought was through an affiliate of a Tony Robbins, um, Mm. course thing. I talked Mm. to a friend the other day about what I'm doing now and what I'm talking about. And she was like, yeah, I remember that. Like, she was like, yeah, you were in a, you know, cause I was like talking about it on Facebook and like, didn't know, didn't know I was in a cult. My husband's like, yeah, you were in a cult. I couldn't, couldn't yeah. even with that. But yeah, um, I know exactly the promotion you're thinking about. Cause I remember watching people promote that thing and being like, what is this? This is so weird. Like, I, it's like so embarrassing to me that it's even, I like came across a video on my Google drive the other day that I just was like given and like, yeah. shared. It was like, this is so good. You should do this. And I thought, I thought it was, I mean, it was weird. Cause I kind of knew it was like, I don't know. I just thought that's what I had to do. You know, yeah. I guess it's kind of like person in the cult who maybe is sort of like, is this what's happening? Yeah, this is weird. Is yeah, everyone and else is doing it. Exactly. Yeah, and that's not my thing. Like, I feel like I don't like I was like punk in high school. And well, I hang on. Things. This is yes. And that is that was definitely used against you. I am 100 percent certain because Yes, you can see now from another perspective that you were just like following this group and doing this thing. However, the way this industry is sold to us is that it's an alternative to the mainstream, that it's like, oh, you have something special and different. You're a remarkable person who has gifts to share with the world. Like you're not like all these sheep who go to jobs or whatever, Um, like this is for you. Like it's that, Mm -hmm. that like rebel teen that wanted to buy the Tony Robbins thing and be a part of that club of like, 
other rebel teens just like you who want to do things differently. Yeah, but then they all do it the same. And then I was like, this is what we're doing. Okay. Mm. And it's interesting too, because that was the time in my life when my husband was having multiple surgeries for his Crohn's disease. I was pregnant with my son and there was maybe some complications and I was waiting to figure that out. And I just was feeling so much like stress and uncertainty that I now, so we've been talking about cults, but I recently read cultish Amanda. Me too. Yeah. Me too. And I like reading that too. I kept like being like, Oh, that's exactly what happened. And I was like totally love bombed and like in the Facebook group, you know, and I sort of knew it was weird, but I just kept going back for more and it was just bizarre. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a fundamental human need. Like when you talk about being love bombed, like who doesn't want that? Like, yes, I want to be a part of something. I want to be seen. I want to I want to be adored. I want to I want people to like recognize my gifts and um, you know, I, I want to be in a community of people where we raise each other up together. And okay. I'm incredibly fortunate in my life like I have that. Yeah. I have that online, but I also have that with my friends. Yeah. And I, it, yeah. when you know like what that really feels like and you see the version of that that is sold to you, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, I get, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> well, and that's kind of what happened. But I also think it was just such a stressful time. And Matt was in the hospital for like a month. So I was kind of like by myself at that time. But I have friends. So I don't, it was just a weird time for me because I'm like, yeah, that was really bizarre. Yeah. But I also really wanted to make my online business work. And I was like, this is what you have to do, Deanna. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what you got to play the game. You got to, like, be active in the Facebook group to get the mm-hmm. – be the rising star to get the seal on your website from this influencer because that is going to change everything, you know? And it was, like, this crazy – thing I was doing um but at the same time like not doing like it was it was a little I was like in and out in and out like I was like I don't know this feels weird so yeah that's um, really common what the problem that you're alluding to and I it's also something I've observed without actually recognizing for many years is people who want to learn the strategies and they want to be successful with their online business So, but they're not comfortable with the strategies. So they have one foot in and one foot out and every, they keep dipping a toe in to like, see, could I do this? Is this for me? But actually recognizing that it requires them to um, like shut down certain parts of themselves in order to implement this, whatever the system is. So what you're referring to is actually really common. Like, am I in this? No, I'm not. Okay, I'm in this. Okay, no, I'm not. Let me try this other program. Maybe this, okay, never mind. And I am trying to bridge that gap in my business. Like, this is a big part of my work, which is like, hey, you, Deanna, and people who resonate with your story. Like, yes, you've been sold something that is not, that there's a reason why you feel uncomfortable with it. And that's a very good thing. Like, listen to what your intuition is telling you because it is protecting you and it is also protecting others who you could potentially harm. So listen to that. And now let me help you understand why you feel that way. What specifically about these systems is harmful and makes you want to back off and what parts of it can you actually take and bring into your own business to help you become more successful and create more revenue? Yes. Well, it's funny because when I was in that world, I took your quiz 
I don't even know if it's still up there, but it's gone. Yeah. My yeah, the money making thing. But yeah. it was so funny. And I feel like I got the Kmart whatever. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this person's like funny. Like these pictures <laughs> are funny. Her colors are bright. Cause it just felt like I was in this beige world of like this is how everything gets done and if you want to be successful because when someone gives you their roadmap and they're you know super successful millionaire whatever you're like oh this is the roadmap like I am also like a good student I want I'm like okay here's the roadmap I gotta do it like none of this is really like meshing with me so when I saw your website and a funny quiz I was like okay wait there's hope maybe I can do this and then I rebranded everything on my website based off my daughter's mermaid swimsuit because I was like this shit is awesome I'm pulling this picture into photoshop and I'm grabbing these colors because this is what I want and it's gonna break the rules and I don't fucking care like and then that was sort of like me being like okay wake up from the Tony Robbins dream and like you but like you were saying too you can learn skills and I'm not saying like formulas or templates or anything are like inherently bad like it's helpful to know what people do but like you were saying are you buying like in for are you taking a course to learn something or are you taking a course because your husband's in the hospital and you feel like oh my god I gotta make money like if you're Mm -hmm. like just out of your mind and you just feel like I forget how you said it you're the copywriter okay well we have all been there and this is this is important to, it's important to distinguish between short game strategies and long game strategies. Like I have definitely been in moments where like, I just needed to scramble and make some money, whether it was so that I could pay myself or so that I could like pay an employee or whatever. Like that's a reality of being in business. Like sometimes you have to haul ass and you have to make some money. Having an online course or a membership program that costs $50 a month, like that is not a short game strategy. And the, like the majority of the programs that I have taken teach long game strategies. And those are great. It's just like, we need to be clear. Like email is a long game strategy. What I teach in email stars is like, you will reap the benefits. If you put this in place. Like, yes, you may reap the benefits in your last launch if you have a decently engaged email list. However, you'll reap the most benefits six months or 12 months from now. And that's like, we just need to be clear about that. Like uh, there's like, like I love Digital Course Academy. It's such a great program. Mm -hmm. I feel solid that I've promoted it in the past and I refer back to it a lot. Mm -hmm. It is not short game. It takes time. Like you cannot... Yes, you could probably create and launch your thing in 90 days and that would be awesome and you would learn so much and that's a great goal. However, revenue, just take that out of the equation because mm-hmm. that's not that's not typically how it's done. I had a call with um I had a call with someone recently about uh working on SEO in my company and this was like the best sales call I've been on in years. And the guy told me roughly what the price would be. Didn't know. He said, we, we don't do, we don't do um, like cookie cutter proposals. The scope will be custom for you. Um, gave me a ballpark. And then he's, I asked him about return on investment. And he said, it's pro- like, this is a 12, like we, we ask for a 12 month commitment and it probably will take that long. Mm-hmm. And I, it was such a sigh of relief. I was like, okay, well, 
Now I know that like, whatever you're, if I'm going to spend $50,000 on SEO, like I need to be able to hold that cost for a year because Mm -hmm. that's how long it will take to get it back. And that's incredibly refreshing and just important information to know. Like that's financial, like I can be a good steward of my, you know, financial health of my company, knowing that that's what the investment is. So even in a program to be like, here's the cost. And here's how long it will take in order for you to make that money back. If assuming you implement and you, you are already starting out meeting these certain conditions. Like there's so many layers to this. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. So I have a question and just tell me to buzz off if it's annoying. So you, I mean, I guess we're, I don't know how to say this. Like, so you used the best you knew how in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And you made some money. So we'll just call those like the sometimes yucky tactics, mm-hmm. but that was what you knew. Mm-hmm. Do you think, cause like part of me, just cause I'm like a lowly little teacher, I'm like, oh, must be easy to do things the easy way, like the correct way and the ethical way when you have money in the bank. But then I yeah. started thinking about it and I was like, actually, it's probably pretty hard to be like, look at all this like look how we're doing let me change that and maybe make less so then I was like oh wait snap maybe it's like harder maybe it's easier but I just was curious about that you're right this you're making a good point here and I do think it's important for me to recognize like my company has a high level of financial stability and again being a good steward of my company's finances like where I have savings like I can afford to take certain risks. Um, Like last year, I totally said, I I just axed all my, all my affiliate promotions. Like that last year represented like 35% of our total revenue. Like that's a lot of money to say goodbye to. Um, And I'm privileged to be able to do that. Not everyone can do that, especially when you're, if they're at the stage of business that I am and they have employees and they need to meet a certain amount of revenue every month just to keep the lights on. Um, However, um, there are like we, in our last launch, we stripped away so much of the persuasive strategies and our conversion rate was really like not impacted much at all. So that's really important for people to know. And I want to like shout that from the mountaintop, like you don't have to use these um, in order to have a a product launch that is profitable and sustainable and equitable. Um, However, certain things like, for example, uh, we offer payment plans without a markup. Like that's, you can't, like I would never recommend that someone who's launching for the first time have a 12 month payment plan with no markup. Like you need money to stay in business. So maybe you could offer like a full price and then like a two pay if you don't want to do a markup. However, like I I would definitely recommend a shorter payment plan and I would recommend a markup to incentivize people to pay in full if they can. Like I have the privilege to be able to offer these options. And um, other things too, like like expiring bonuses, like I don't need to have that, like I don't need a rush of revenue in the beginning to fund the ads and the rest of the campaign. Like some people do, like in some cases, like having those incentives early on, for one thing, just like there's the, the monetary value of those sales, but there's also like the 
from a motivational perspective, like it just helps you keep going. Like launching is exhausting. And if you don't get early sales, like it's a hundred times harder. Like that is not an exaggeration. So, you know, there's, I try when I'm talking about persuasion, I try and temper that conversation with like, these are the choices I have made and here's why this is the privilege that I hold. These are my ethics. And this is how I am expressing them in the way that I choose to do my marketing you may choose to do differently because we are not the same. Yeah. You um, you said that, like, I mean, I, I, can't, I don't know when I bought email stars, like before, not this last launch, I think the one before, mm-hmm. but you've, you've always said that too. I, you know, I appreciate I, that. I, I, I will say like, I um, have been very hard on myself. I've been very hard on myself. And this year when I, and felt like I was such a major part of the problem, this year, when I went through email stars and re-recorded large chunks of it, you know, I was also proud. I was like, you know, in some way I have been tapped into this all along and I have threaded a lot of this message throughout my training. So I um, thank you, Deanna, for recognizing that yeah. some bits of this has been there all along. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, and I don't think you would like notice, like it would be hard if you were not a yeah. little bit aware before to get mm-hmm. to where you are today. So mm-hmm. I think, yes. Um, so good job. Thanks. I'll take that. <laughs> um, and also I've talked to other people who bought email stars this last round and really were happy about like the timers. And I mean, mm-hmm. I got the emails cause I love getting your emails no matter what. So I didn't click the unsubscribe button, but you did that before too. Like you, like, yeah. you, like I was saying, yeah. you, you've, it's, it's been coming. Um, so cool. I'm trying to think if there's like any last words to get in. Um, I did make my husband. I do have to tell the story because otherwise I'll be like, I, I chickened out. So on old email stars, when I signed up, there was the testimonial about sending one email and making $16,000. And I know now the testimonials are a little different. And there's one that says like people reply and, and like, like whatever. I just want to tell you the story of me being in my kitchen with my husband and him being like, yeah, that person. Like, and also, it's very important that you know, I don't think you lied about. Like, I think that person yeah. really sent one email and got $16,000. But I definitely was like, Matt, look. Like, it was that feeling. I feel like people need to watch for that. Like, it, whether it's true or not, and yeah. whether people use that testimonial or don't. But if you're feeling like, babe, look, just look. I mean, 16, like, all I got to do is take this course and send one email. Yeah. It's the same as like in a multi-level marketing, like house party. It's like, all you got to do is like recruit five people. And like, before you know it, you're going to have an extra thousand dollars a month in passive revenue. Like mm-hmm. if it sounds too good to be true, it very likely is. And yeah. that's important for us to remember. It's, it sounds obvious, but it's really easy to forget. Well, I totally, like, I guess I sort of tricked him because I was like, okay, there's the great, like, the money back guarantee on email. Yeah. So I was like, oh, if yeah. I don't, I was like, if I don't make at least my money back by the time, like, in two weeks, in mm. two weeks, I thought, <laughs> so if I don't make all my money back in two weeks, then I'll return it. But in the back of my head, I was like, oh, my ass is not returning. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think this, it's important that you bring this up. There's a lot there that we don't have time to explore at all. But yeah. um, I, like, I myself am someone who returns things. Like, if I buy something and it doesn't fit, I return it. If I don't <laughs> like it, I return it. Like, I will return, like, a pack of blueberries from the grocery store because it has mold on it. Like, <laughs> I return shit like that was I was trained as a child. My mom mm-hmm. returned stuff. 
that is not like, I don't think I'm in the majority. I think it's far more common that people are uncomfortable sending an email saying this isn't for me or like I bought on impulse. I didn't really need it. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted it. So I was like a little yeah. ethical in my trick to him. Yeah, we, like, find, no, <laughs> we find ways to convince ourselves that it's going to be okay. And we have like, I'm glad you told me that story. We have extended our refund policy for 30 days because mm-hmm. two weeks is just not enough. Like I buy courses and I open them for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, I think you dripped the content of email stars. We did. Yes. Do that. And I, we and don't I as, a, as an educator, I like that. It gave me like time yeah. to do it. And I have, and I do have ADHD. So it was like good for me to just not get like overwhelmed with all yes. this stuff. So yeah. I like that and whatever. Also the point was, I was also like playing a little trick. Too. Not, not a trick, yeah. but you know what I mean? I was like, oh, I'll just return it. You're right. So anyways. <laughs> Well, thank you. I just wanted to tell that story because I was like a little scared too, but I'm glad Thanks. I no, I'm glad. up the I'm glad you brought that up. And it's important <laughs> for people to hear, like actually someone in my community had told me basically the same story mm-hmm. that they had bought my program because of a similar testimonial. Like I have testimonials like that all day long. And she was like f- taking full responsibility, but she mm-hmm. described to me what it felt like to read that. And immediately I was like, I hadn't gone down this path of how testimonials are used. I did after, but mm-hmm. it was after that conversation. I was like, I need, I need all of that off of my sales pages and off of my website. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also I will say that people, since taking email stars, email stars, people reply to my emails as well. Uh, like, I think I, you have beautiful. a testimonial now that's like, yeah. I love this. It feels like a friend. And yeah. it happened very soon after taking email stars. Like I was like, so <gasps> good. Oh my God. I am doing better. Like I'm learning, I'm learning something, which is really the point of a course as a teacher, as a trained teacher, the point of a course is to learn something, not necessarily to change your freaking whole life story. So precisely. Yay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I know we like talked a little extra than I planned, but it was so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Deanna. All right. We'll talk soon. Maybe we're not friends. Just kidding. I don't think we're <laughs> like I'm not going to call you later. Whatever. I usually don't call me. Company. We're not friends. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I just I, ooh, no, I'm just DM me. Okay. You DM me anytime. Okay. DM me anytime. End podcast. Love Great. it. OMG. The weirdo DD always makes an appearance. <laughs> One thing I do want to point out is that Tarzan talks about her business like a business. I mean, doesn't she sound like she's on Shark Tank or something? I feel like sometimes people just sort of sound like, oh, hey, I'm a mom. I have some kids. I work, you know, I work part time and I make websites. So whoops, I made a bunch of money. But the way Tarzan speaks about her business is like a business. So we talked about it for a second after the recording stopped. And she said that she's been actively trying to make sure and distinguish between the person Tarzan and the business that she runs, which I think is really important and inspiring. I mean, they don't call her T-Boss for nothing, right? <laughs> all right. Well, to get all the links from today's episode, you can go to deannaseymour.com slash Tarzan K. Woohoo! You just finished another episode of the Imperfect Party Podcast. <laughs> if you know anyone who should totally hear this episode, can you do me a favor and send it to them? Oh, 
And don't forget to hit subscribe and leave a review so more people can find their way to our little shindig. And remember, nobody's perfect. Let's party. See you next time.